Hey, party people, have you joined our Discord server yet? You can meet fellow party people and interact with our cast and crew to talk about all things Encounter Party, both this first Ravnica campaign and our new campaign, which is a television show available on the Dungeons & Dragons Adventures channel. To learn more, head on over to our website at EncounterParty.com or check the links in the show notes. Now, enjoy this episode of Campaign 1 of Encounter Party. Warning, our show features very strong language and graphic depictions of violence, so listener discretion is advised. Last time on Encounter Party! To solve the murders, our heroes became unwilling players in a murderous circus act. However, the identity of the murdered man is still a mystery. The festival may be over, but it seems Azorius arresters are coming to call. Who is this maze runner, and what do they want with our players? Find out this week on Encounter Party! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Encounter Party. My name is Brian David Judkins, and I am your Dungeon Master. With me this week are Andrew Krug, Eddie Cooper, Ned Donovan, and Sarah Babe. Let's get this party started. The Guild Pact, that magical peace treaty that binds the guilds of Ravnica, has not always existed. 75 years ago, the Guild Pact was shattered in a devious plot by the House Demir. Guild of Secrets. For most of our players' lives, the Guild Pact was a history lesson. Four years ago, the Izzet Guild leader, a powerful dragon nicknamed the Firemind, proposed a competition to end the power struggle for good. Ten champions were chosen, one for each guild, to run a maze throughout Ravnica, activating ancient magical pathways. Whoever won would win the hidden power of Ravnica for their guild. In truth, something very different happened something known only to the very elite of each guild. But at the end of said events, the Guild Pact was reinstated. Each maze runner has received celebrity status and are well known, especially within their guilds. For the Azorius, that would be a woman named Lavinia, one of the trio that are second in command to their guild leader. Captain Farlin points past the group to the door and says, You might be in a great deal more trouble than I thought. That is the Azorius Maze Runner. And Lennox, as you turn, you can see Lavinia walking in the door. I bow to her. You can hear her voice as she kind of comes in and she says, Not just a Maze Runner. I am Arbiter of the Lee of Column and I will be shown the respect of my office. Is that clear, Captain? The four of you turn around to see the room part for this stern woman who looks like Justice herself. She is wearing full armor, the blue and white of the arrestor. She has a blue half cowl stretched over her head. And all about her belt and bandolier, she has an arsenal of spell scrolls. But by the look of her, she probably doesn't need him to deal with you. She has this incredible regal poise about her. And she announces herself to the four of you. I am Lavinia, second hand of Asperia. I take it these are they? Captain Farlin, who is the captain of an entire battalion, looks very dwarfed in the presence of this woman and just sort of nods his head and, Yes, ma'am, these are they. And she says, Good. 
As for you, Captain. And from her bandolier, she pulls out one of these scrolls and unfurls it in the air. And she waves her hand across it, and blue tendrils of script start pouring out of it, and they snake their way across the room and wrap themselves around Captain Farland's head and mouth. And she says, You and your men are under a decree of silence over this matter. As for the four of you, come with me. And you feel compelled to follow her as if it's not entirely your choice. And she leads you through the barracks to some back rooms that are used for interrogation, and you're all sort of forcibly sat around this large table. Now Lavinia positions herself between you and the door to block you guys in, and she puts her hand up as soon as you enter, and with a small conjuration, this blue sort of blanket of light envelops the room in the doorway. Um, Lennox, you would know this as some sort of privacy spell. Um, people outside won't be able to hear. Uh, they may not even be able to see you, depend on the, uh, the strength of the purpose of the spell. Now we won't be disturbed. But before we begin, let's get rid of these pathetic things, shall we? And she reaches out to each of your chests and just tugs away that Boros insignia that Captain Farlin had placed there, and they just dissipate into the air like smoke. And then... Lavinia loses all sense of regalness. In fact, this sort of scary animosity builds behind her eyes and she slams both hands down on the table and gets right in your grill. Can everybody please make a charisma saving throw? Seven. Low. <laughs> Eight. Yeah. Eighteen. Okay. Six. <laughs> so I would say that all of you are pretty PO'd, except for the Selesnian, who probably has enough respect and care to know that she's on the side of good. So you she's not being a bat, like a jerk. No, Lavinia is just being very intense about this. Um, something is clearly disturbing her about events that happened. For the rest of you, this is so high up the chain of command, it's alarming. It'd be like if the chief of police showed up at your front door to investigate your stolen car. And she doubles in on this intensity and just says, Now, what exactly did you learn about Malthus Reed? M- Malthus Reed? I think you'll take by our silence that we did not learn about Malthus Reed. Do not make me force your confession, or I will stuff you into a detainment sphere the size of a handbag. Well, it is quite possible that we did learn about Malthus Reed, but who is Malthus Reed? Because we didn't really get names. The man who was murdered, you were there. Oh, Oh, in the tavern. The woman in question who was with him the night of his murder did not get his name, and thus neither did we. Elasia is one of mine. Yours? Ours. She is a precognitive mage. Oh. Elasia had a vision that Malthus Reed was up to something dangerous. In her words, catastrophic. May I ask how a precognitive mage could find herself in such a position? You may ask. I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) I do not answer questions from the Undercity, especially the Golgari. Let us not forget what it is that you did. And what you did. Yes, And as Maze Runner, I personally helped reverse your treachery. I'm not here for this discussion, under-citizen. We discovered his animated corpse at a murder circus. The uh, and head, anyway. Yes. And where is the body now? The torso was taken by the Boros, as I suspect were the limbs and the head, after they claimed the scene for theirs. And what happened to Elasia? We weren't part of the investigation once we called in the Boros. I would imagine she's being detained here or 
protected? She was kidnapped by the Rakdos. Yes. Well, now, the Rakdos certainly do have a way of mucking things up. Unfortunately, it seems Malthus Reed was nothing more than a random victim of Rakdos festivities. As much as I appreciate his death, we still don't know what he's up to. More importantly, how much danger we're in if his plans are still in motion. I need to know what Elasia knows, because as of right now, she is unresponsive. She refused to tell us anything. We came in, and we she claimed that whoever dismembered, who she could not identify, came in the door, persuaded her through suggestion to go into the corner, at which point she screamed, and then the culprit broke the window and left. With the severed limbs and head of one Malthus Reed. And everybody, please make a wisdom saving throw. 19. 18. 2. Great. 23. A 23 is quite good. However, you are Azorius, so it's unlikely that you're going to resist this. So what she asks of the four of you, what she demands from the four of you, is that you all put your arm out with your wrists up. I do it. Done? Yeah, sure. She then very quickly draws the sword from her hip and slashes as if she's going to lop all of your hands off. It does not. The sword passes spectrally through all of them. But as you look down, what you immediately find is that there is like a spiritual shackle that now ties all of you together in sort of a spell-like faction. It doesn't have any physical restraint, but you do feel a tug on your inner self. Oh, that sounds unpleasant. This is the type of spell that locks people into fate. You have never seen this before, but it is possible that you've heard of something this high level. And she looks at all of you and she says, now that I know all of you were there, none of you may lie to each other on this subject. If any one of you try to sell out the other members of this party, I don't think you want to know what this will do. Now I ask you again, what did Alasia reveal? I was watching the door of the tavern, ma'am. Quite amazingly, I didn't lie in the first place. That's that's all that I know of Alasia, but, but there is this. I take out the sphere. Oh, cloak. In my cloak. Her eyes get very big. Oh, that's not good. She doesn't even ask what it is. She just says, Aresta, I think perhaps it's best if you leave that in my care. I place it on the table. Don't touch it barehanded. She puts on one of her gloves and tucks the orb away behind her cloak and says, We need to know what Alasia knows, and for that she will need medical attention, the kind she won't find here in this barracks. The Simic Guild has a medical facility not too far from here, and we need to get her there. However, the ongoing rail dispute is going to make that a bit of a problem. Would everyone please make an intelligence check? 27. Great. 2. 2. 11. Wow, you have a very sheltered life <laughs> in the barracks. All I've known is the Boros. I play the drums <laughs> on the drum in the face. <laughs> boom, boom to the face. So, so based on your roles, you all probably have different levels of understanding about a current situation at hand. Um, although baseline, you all would know that recently within Ravnica, there have been rail lines being constructed in an attempt to create some sort of mass transportation system. Um, Lavinia breaks it down a little bit more and says, the Guild Pact 
has many different purposes. Sure, it protects Ravnica from all-out guild war, but one of its purposes is to protect the guilds from interfering into each other's businesses. The Rakdos are not going to create a court system anytime soon. The Golgari are not likely to suddenly enter into banks and loans. However, there is no transportation market at the moment, which means the first guild to complete its trans-Ravnican system will immediately monopolize the market under the protection of the Guild Pact. There are four lines up for contention at the moment. The Boros Legion is building one for military transport. We at the Azorius Senate have cast our lot in with them. The Izzet League are certainly not wasting an opportunity to invent something, although what the Firemind's intentions are, we do not know, which is why your little Vidalkin friend is currently under detainment. Now the Golgari Swarm apparently is building one underground, and they seem to be making a great deal more progress than the other three. I certainly look forward to having a conversation about that, under-citizen. As for the fourth, it is not guild-affiliated. A couple of wealthy private citizens are doing their damnedest to keep the transportation market out of guild control. I am not concerned about that one. It is the other three that are causing a problem. You see, the three guild lines have converged on a piece of Simic property where our research facility happens to lie. Zonid number four is a medical station built in an underwater sinkhole. But the Simic Combine is not involved in the rail war, nor do they intend to. If we do not play this carefully, they will reject anything we propose, assuming that we are part of some sort of rail war plot. But we need to get Elasia to that research facility. This is where you come in. If my Justica was to bring a member of each of the contending guilds, along with the Selesnian Emissary, we might be able to convince them that our goal has nothing to do with the rail conflict, and we can get exactly what is inside of Elasia's head. You will take her to Zonnet number four, you will retrieve what is inside her head, or I promise you, catastrophe is on the horizon. Yes, ma'am. Yes, madam. What catastrophe? I don't know, but she might. Ah, I tell her about Mr. Alfonso and, and the abduction with Gato. I do not know who these men are. Must I worry about them? They were after the orb. Mr. Alfonso is a man of great wealth who holds great status in the non-affiliated ranks of Ravnica. His underling, Mr. Gato, came and attacked a man at the bar we were all having a quiet drink at who held the sphere you now have in your possession. What Mr. Alfonso meant to do with it, we don't even know what it is. However, he abducted a man in broad daylight, attacking within a public space. And thus why we are all here in front of you now. And that man held that sphere in his bare hand. Which you seem to recognize as an object of some power. That does not concern me. Great. Do not worry about this orb. I will take care of this. I'm more concerned about the knowledge Elasia has inside of her head, and I want to find it now. We will take her where she needs to go, madam. I will commission Captain Farland to release a unit of soldiers to escort you there. However, that in lies another problem. Our Boris line is currently dead. Dead like someone died or dead like there's no power? As in, I cannot summon a rail car to transport you because all of ours have disappeared. Man, we could really use that is it right now. And see, They as... may be very well the part of the problem. Ah, well that's reassuring. She says, prepare yourselves. In the morning, you will be escorted to the Simic Zonnet, where you will give her medical care, and you will remain there. 
until you have found out what you have found out, and you will remain as emissaries of peace and protection. What time is it now? Uh, I would say dinner time. The Festival of the Guild Pact is winding down. It's getting close to pack-away time. So we return to the leg end to rest before a big day, or are we moving at night? No, you will, you will leave on the morrow. Great. And what would you have us do between now and then? Prepare yourselves for going away for a couple days. Have I made myself clear? Yes, yes. ma'am. Good. Dismissed. Lorzach goes to enjoy the festival. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, make sure you subtract uh, money necessary, at least 200 zips for yeah, I did. staying for another, another night. night. Yeah. Uh, Just, about that. Yes. I have no money. I already covered you. I told you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You guys have an evening of downtime yep. to engage in any activities that you wish to do. Uh, Lorzach will see what is available within the vicinity that they seem to be stuck in for the moment. There is, um, there are still some food vendors on the street trying to get rid of the last that they have. Actually, a lot of things are probably on discount at this point. Um, some of the more consistent the wares. Well, some of the consistent wares, you know, they're going to be peddled somewhere else at their stores or something like that. So many of the things of quality are probably already packed up at this point. The music has all but gone by now. Um, you're kind of on the back end. Scraps if you'd like to take, but financially affordable. I'd like to kind of scout out the most likely path we're going to travel to see what potential dangers we so might you are encounter. going there is a rail line that runs um it's on the it's on the ground okay um sort of like a tramway system but higher power um and it connects very close to the 34th precinct okay um so that they have access to troops but it clearly runs farther back into the city and then extends, you now know its next sort of stop would be this Simic research compound, um, which is a little ways off. So you guys will be following that rail line as it is the least obstructive route to get to where you're going. Okay. As a person who researches and who likes to have knowledge, yes. uh, this is a moment where I would probably try and go learn a bunch about the rail lines. What is your background? Sage. Researcher. Great. Cool. So um, I would I would say like using the researcher background, yes. I would say like, is there anyone in my educational sphere that I could go to a book, a thing, a person that I could go learn more about the, the war that we're up against? Well, the line that is immediately in front of you is the Boros line. Right. So chatting with people in the barracks would be the best thing. That's exactly If you what could get like an audience do. with Captain Farlin, he's probably the man you would like to talk to. Is the rail line above or below ground? It is on the ground. It is on the ground. Yes. So that's what I would like to do, gain some knowledge about the, the war. I mean, I guess specifically we'd be looking at the Boros, and I'd probably be trying to discern, based on the conversation with Captain Farland, if I can discern any reason that the Boros uh, line would be down. Sure. But it's more about the research, less about the investigation. Sure. So Captain Farland at this point, everyone is so exhausted. You can hear the drunk people that are detained in just about every corner of the barracks at this point. People have been working triple shifts. Captain Farland himself is so unfathomably tired that he doesn't really provide much authoritative resistance. Right. Mm -hmm. You manage to walk your way in. Thankfully, the Selesny and the Boros have a rather respectable relationship to each other because they kind of both consider themselves good guys. Mm -hmm. But 
the Selesnia are very, um, the, the Boros feel that the Selesnia are a bit too goody two shoes and they're not really willing to kind of put force in where it's needed. For sure. And you don't really need to try and get along with people. Sometimes you just need to put them in their place. Um, but as of right now, he doesn't really have the energy to do that. So he's willing to connect to you a little bit more on your level. But he is not exactly happy that you are still around. We're going home soon. And Great. I can't tell you where we're headed uh, due to the conversation we had that was not for your ears. But I would like to say that we're here to help. And I have some questions about the rail line. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Perhaps in this entire weekend I failed to introduce myself. I am the captain of the 34th Precinct. I know exactly where you are going. I am giving you the troops to get there. Oh, well, that's good. As for why, I do not care. Once you are done with my soldiers, you are to send them immediately home. Although I do hear you are taking Private Fakara or Droon with you. I, for one, could not be happier. We hear from outside the door. <laughs> Sad cow noise. So no, no longer positive then, but restored to the rank of private. Yes, yes. It was only until the end of the weekend. Or as of tomorrow morning, you will be restored to your position. Oh, man. Now, what more could you possibly want with me? I would like to know about the Boros rail line. What in particular? I'd like to know the route you've decided to take and what resources you are dedicating to building. We got word that the Izzet were creating some sort of transportation device by laying metal rails along the streets of Ravnica. Thankfully, the Azorius precogs were paying attention, and they quickly sussed out what this loophole meant in terms of the Guild's Pact. So, we entered a treaty. Perhaps the best thing for Ravnica is if the military and the court systems were in control of this monopoly instead of some of the more selfish-minded guilds. We got contracts with the Rakdos for metal and smelting as well as cheap labor, but the Izzet continue to pull resources out of their asses. The real competition, however, is underground with the Golgari Swarm. Whatever tunneling mushrooms or whatever there is they're using are making more progress than the rest of the three of us combined. The real problem here, however, is that all of us have met some sort of stopgap here with the Simic Combine. You see, it's not just about creating the rail line. We've gotten gruel demolition teams to help us condemn some slums. We've acquired some property with eminent domain, and we've actually received a great deal of consultation on how to build our line in the most efficient manner. However, it is a chess game. You must build yours for the maximum reach while also doing your best to cut off your adversaries. That's why this Zonnet is such an important piece of property. Whichever one of us can get the treaty contract to build our rail line across the Simic Zonnet, will eventually cut off their opponents from possibly completing their rail lines altogether. It's a very tenuous situation, except those damn fish people aren't really willing to work with either of us because they have no stake in the matter whatsoever. And what seems to have caused the Boros line to have stopped? We're not entirely sure. You see, about two weeks ago, we sent out a rail engine to try another pit with the Simic before the festival. It never came back. We're not going to send another one out without finding out what happened, but the Simic won't talk to us. You see, Zonnet number four is a direct extension of the Simic Guild Hall, which means anything within that compound is protected by Guild Pact. More strange still, the waterfall attached to that sinkhole is currently being leased out to the Izzet League. They've built a hydroelectric power plant there that they're using to power the entire district. What we can't understand is why the Simic, with their relationship, have not already given the Izzet construction rights for their rail line. 
In fact, they seem to be holding all three of us at bay, but it is a losing battle. If we didn't already have a centaur in the race, I would have bet money on the Izzet a long time ago. Thank you for your time. Oh yes, by all means, come back any time and waste my day. How quickly are you leaving? About as fast as we solved your murders. Half a day. Great. Hi. <laughs> and he kind of aggravatingly just sort of shoves you out of the office. Great. Whatever gets you out, however nice he has to be. But this man is pretty much done with this weekend. <laughs> um, as you kind of walk around, Fikara, as you kind of walk around the rail line, it seems pretty empty. I mean, it's just uh, it's just a track of metal that has been laid out um, and run through the city. I mean, it is Ravnica. Everything is built on top of things that are built on top of other things. And it seems like the safest thing for them to have done is to just build this one on the ground. Most likely, actually, because there are probably war engines and other massive equipment that the Boros would want to load onto their trains instead of just making them some sort of commuter line or anything such as. It's very easy to tell that there have been um, buildings that have been demolished by the Gruul clans um, by contract to kind of create this lane, probably not in a respectful manner. Um, and it And it appears like anyone who has kind of been left with a window now facing a train line does not necessarily have the greatest property value anymore. Uh, would anyone at the market be selling herbs that could potentially empower Lorzach's herbalism kit? Ah, yes. And also, he would be on the lookout for certain reagents such as Witchwood and Sumac, or whatever equivalent of Sumac exists on Ravnica. Um, give me uh, an investigation. 21. Great. There is um, one vendor still kicking around. It's a nice young woman, human, who um, seems to be trying her dawndest to see if she can get some of this stuff sold and then is kind of regretting being in the location of the Rakdos and the Orzov because probably not a crowd of people in Theater Row. It very clearly looks like she misread where she was going to set up her stand and she's pretty bummed. Happy New Year. (laughs) (laughs) She looks at you and she goes, oh, yes. She goes, everything I have is from the Undercity. She says, I buy all of my herbs from a really nice Golgari farmer. She says, please, please, look, 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 look. Lorzach makes small talk. Yeah. Would you happen to know their name? Lorzach, small talk. It's something I am horrified. Um, she says, yes, um, I work with a, a lovely older woman named Levana, who is a Devkarin farmer in the Undercity. She finds a great deal of market up here, but she's not really a fan of coming above ground. I can't imagine why. And Lorzach. She kind of, <laughs> she kind of, she kind of gestures around. She's like, it's not really my favorite part of the city to be. And, uh, Lorzach will ask for, uh, any Witchwood Sumac and other miscellaneous medicinal herb that she might have available. I would say anything common, the first two is available. Anything you're looking for that's a bit more on the magic item stance is not really in her. So uh, he will instead ask the price for the common reagents, the Witchwood and the Sumac. Um, are you trying to acquire enough to use later, or do you need them for spell components? Uh, several uses for material components of a few spells. I would say probably two silver worth for plants if you need them. She she herself may not even know what they're used for, 
but what you hear from her is clearly you're looking for something very specific. She has it, so she says it would be two silver for what you asked for. Lorzach will try to haggle. Okay. And he fails. <laughs> uh, he hems and haws and is a little put out by the fact that he could pick this any place that he walked in the Undercity. <laughs> yes. But here we are. and At the festival where everything is probably marked up anyway. They crave money, these folks. Uh, he will spend two silver and purchase the Witchwood and the Sumac Great. that he has asked for on the off chance that his totem is stolen. Nice. Lorzach okay. will head back to the inn and... Do some repairs on his armor. Yeah, back to the end. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. So, you now have a long rest. You can refill and recharge. The morning is considerably cruddy compared to the sunny festival weekend. And you rise rather sluggishly, pack your things, put on your armor, and head downstairs. On the first floor, you can find Dodgy, who has not yet been to bed, still cleaning up from the uh, celebration weekend. He gives you a sarcastic wave as he says goodbye to you, hopefully for the last time. Immediately outside waiting for you is a group of six Boros Legionnaires in full armor. Uh, Between them, they have a stretcher where you can see a body uh, lying on that stretcher. That is Alasia, who is under some sort of protective wrapping. Um, and she is currently comatose in a preservation spell to, to get her ready to go to the uh, Zonnet. Um, there is a seventh member of the Boros. There is a young man who comes running up to you in perfect, pristine, all-white armor. He has a shield that is basically the size of him, um, but this young warrior himself is significantly shorter than anyone in the party, and he just kind of runs up to you guys. Hi. Hi, Fakara. Hey. Hi. Who is this? You don't know, but okay. it is. But he seems to know you. This is a frontline medic. Mm, this, okay. This is a this is a soldier medic. He goes, um, great. He says, have you guys been outfitted? With. Oh, he goes, glad I caught you. He's surprisingly cheery for what you guys are going to do, and he kind of pulls out his shield, and you can see behind his shield, he has a bunch of collection of potions, scrolls, various things, and he pulls out two common healing potions, hands them both to you, and says, standard issue, here you go. And he says, and also here is uh, one of these, and he hands you a scroll. And from his back, he pulls out a coil of rope. He says, as the captain always says, always carry rope. And he hands you a coil of 50-foot rope. And he goes, we are ready to go when you guys are. You and your fucking rope. No, ma, Christ, ma. We're ready when you are. Okay, and you said it was two common potions. Yep. And what was the scroll? a scroll? Just a scroll. He goes, Oh, it's a scroll of stabilizing. Oh. She just kind of pretends she knows what he's talking about. Whatever sort of admiration he may have had for you from hearing the rumors of this weekend, you're kind of losing it by the moment as he's wondering if you were really a badass this weekend from the <laughs> stories, or maybe you just kind of lucked into not dying. And he kind of looks at you and he's like, It's a stabilizing scroll. Oh, Right, right. It's uh right happens to be quite useful. 
Wow. Thank right. you. Yeah, again, it, we are ready to go when you guys are. Let's do be on. <laughs> and I'm sorry, what was your name? Oh, you can call me Medic, because that's what you're going to be screaming when you need me. So but, let's go. Oh, okay. we do have to walk with you for a bit. <laughs> Just call me Medic. Okay. Okay. Onwards. Here we go. Medic. Um, Sarah, would you please give me a performance check on your drums to keep time and see how quickly you guys manage to get where you're supposed to go? You know, I'm not using this die anymore. You're retired for the moment. 13? Okay. Um, nothing particularly stellar, but it gets you where you're going to go. The trip is long. It takes you most of the day, and you left first thing in the morning. Um, the thing to remember is, while it is the city of Ravnica, it is an entire realm of existence that is one city. You spend the day walking through many blocks, many streets, a couple of short alleyways, some tramways, some promenades, through a couple of gardens, as this sort of seemingly endless jungle of construction lays before you. Does anyone have any abilities that allow them to determine position or um, any sort of, like, ranger-esque survivability? Um, anybody who wishes to make a survival check uh, may. Yeah. Nine. This is all very strange to you. It's above yeah. the ground. These are not tunnels. These are not turnways. Nothing really smells here. It's really just sort of this seemingly empty cavern of buildings. There's not very many people, almost as if people are very dedicatingly trying to stay away from the rail line as it's not really good for anything except the boros. Everyone do please give me a survival check for exhaustion. <laughs> 14. 24. 1. 15. Everyone besides our boros minotaur drummer, you have been drumming the entire day and your fellow soldiers don't really want to talk to you and medic who is pretty excited to see you in the morning among the rumors of you taking down a racto circus is even a little bit like oh man maybe this is not as awesome as i think it is you have acquired one level of exhaustion okay so with first level of exhaustion you have disadvantage on ability checks okay um until you take a long rest and can recover a point and you said long rest yeah also, Fikara's continued exhaustion slows you guys down just a little bit. The sun has begun to set below the skyline. The temperature change has shifted enough that a thick, heavy fog has kind of rolled in, creeping from in between the buildings. Losech is obviously more comfortable. Great. The marching begins to fall out of time. The weariness of the day sets in. And though you haven't needed to help carry Elasia... You are still in full armor, you are still carrying all of your gear, and the boredom of the day starts to plague your mind. And just when you think you can't stare at another facade, the streets of Ravnica open up into a very large plaza. Now the fog here is very thick within this plaza, so much so that you can't see the far end. But just as the sun begins to dip below the skyline, the fog parts just enough so that you can see sitting squarely in the middle of this plaza is a chunk of rail engine. A chunk? Yes, it is the engine itself and two rail cars attached to it behind, and it is facing the direction where you came from. It's not on the Do line. We recognize it's on the it? it is on the line. It's on the line. You are following the line to the compound. Is it the missing Azorius engine? Okay, please give me investigation checks. 
You guys are just coming in in a straight line. Fifteen. Eight. You're having a rough weekend. Remind me, <laughs> remind me how negative one. Negative one. Remind me how nat ones work here. I still get to add my bonus here, so I have a four. You have a four. You know what? The fog is super thick. Yeah. You guys can make out that there's part of this uh, engine line here. Perhaps you can't even see the back of it. It could extend completely. Did anybody roll anything significant? I rolled a fifteen. You rolled a fifteen. Great, and you're in front, so this works. So Lennox, you see this. Engine doesn't look to be a military vehicle. In fact, you can discern that because there is some sort of fancy calligraphy advertisement on the side of the front car. Now, the cars themselves are pretty chewed up and scorched as if this engine has gone through a lot of damage. There are no windows that you can see of, but there are Entrances that would suggest passengers getting on and off. Nothing would suggest any sort of military equipment, cable cars, anything designed to haul anything military. What you can make out on the very left side of the very front car is the remnants of whatever was written on there. And in bright yellow calligraphy, you can see a capital M and a capital U. Everything beyond it is kind of scratched off or disrupted by fog. What do you do? Walk up to the train. Okay. What is everybody else doing? Well, I think we're sort of feeling like the day is coming to an end. At some point, we're going to have to find lodging. Uh, If we're going to find lodging in a establishment of lodging, we should do that. If we're going to take cover somewhere, an empty train doesn't feel like a bad spot. Okay. So I would head to the train to check the cars that could potentially house us for the night. Yeah, Lorzach is going to follow Lennox. I enter the train. You are approaching the train. Would you please make a dexterity saving throw? Yes, sir. That looks pretty great. 19. Great. You happen to reach the door at that exact moment when the sun finally dips completely below the skyline. And as you reach for the door in that brief moment between when the plaza goes completely dark, right before all the nighttime lamps alight, the door to the train car suddenly bursts open and a horde of feral humanoids start pouring out of this thing. And they aren't just pouring out into the plaza. They are crawling all over the train, and you see them start climbing up the walls of the city of Ravnica and into the windows. And suddenly the nighttime air is filled with the scream of citizens that are being set upon by these feral creatures. Now, you managed to dodge the initial bursting open of this door, but it is fight time. So would everyone please roll initiative? Let's roll initiative. Uh, Can we get the six Boros guys? Are they fighting on our behalf here? 21. 10. 11. 8. 8. That's not horrible. It's just low. But thank you, Sarah. So what you see are a couple of things. So these feral creatures pour out of this train and immediately set upon you and your companions. The uh, Boros legionnaires and medic are immediately tossed into the fray. But as these things swarm all over you, you start to notice a couple of actually really disturbing characteristics. For example, one of them has this horrid mark on its face that looks like a handprint that was burned into his face as if by acid. And another one happens to have a much smaller mark on his nose as if a bit of acid dropped onto his nose. And you start to realize based on their outfits that these are the group of men who came into the leg end to capture that mongrel from the very beginning. Oh, not the Skix crew. 
know. And right behind them, coming out of the train lastly, probably because of his size, is the towering frame of Gato. Except he is turned by something. Razor-sharp teeth, blank eyes as he comes sauntering out with a feral animosity. (laughs) And behind him, he's dragging that big metal arm of his unable to sort of coordinate it with the strength he had back at the leg end. Would Lorzatch recognize this behavior as any kind of naturally occurring rabies or the result of any kind of infection? Give me an insight check. Or nature. Eight. No. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but you are a first, so what would you like to do? Lorzatch is going to awaken the spores in his body. Awaken the spores in his body. (laughs) Who's up next? They are up next. So, Lorzach yep. and Lennox, would you please make a constitution saving throw? Uh, this is coming from which character? All of them. 17. You are within range of something. It is It is a saving throw. 17? Mm. Constitution, 17 also. Great. So you both are safe, but you can see this sort of horrid gas emanating out from these creatures as if their insides are dissipating into smoke. And it is... Noxious. Now, there are two of them near to you. Lennox, the one behind you can see your vulnerability, and it's going to come at you. And then the other one, seeing that you are now entangled, is going to beeline for Brevin in the back line. Great. And um, they are going to make an attack. So, um, Ned, you are being attacked. Uh, natural 20? Yeah, that'll hit. I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Constitution saving. Please. And it is a critical hit. 24. Oh, that's uh, actually really good. <laughs> that's really good. But you are going to take 19 slashing damage. Ooh. Sure. I'm are still we up. St- are we still up? I'm still up. Still up. God damn. I mean, it's not a great thing, but I'm no. still up. Lennox, you are also being attacked as it takes a swipe at you. <laughs> It rolls a 22. Ah! Is that a, is that code for yes, I've been hit? <laughs> yes. <Okay. laughs> um, you are going to take eight slashing damage, and when you please make a constitution saving throw. That is an eight. You find yourself instantly paralyzed. <laughs> At the end of your turns, you may attempt another saving throw to remove this effect, but as of right now, you are full on... Paralysis. And that was eight damage, you said? Uh, eight slashing damage, yes. So about paralysis, keep in mind, you automatically fail strength and dex saves. Attack rules against you have advantage. And if you are within five feet of the attack, it's an automatic crit. For those of you at home to remember. Um, Brevin, your turn is up. Okay, so uh, just a quick order of operations rule. I can yes. do my things and then move, right? You can split your move between any which way you want. Copy. If you I can move, move past this guy, take I'm going to get an attack move, of opportunity, but I can do it. You can. So you can move, take an action, move, bonus action, move, as long as you keep within your speed. 30, right. Yeah. Uh, and Fakara? Yeah. What is your total health? If I leave you alone with this guy, are you going to be in trouble? Um, I'm at 18. Great. So then first thing I'm going to do is actually take my bonus action and okay. do act, uh, second wind to get some health back. Great. I'm coming to you. Feels like you're more likely to get fucked up by this guy than she is by the other as the one with no armor class. No? Okay, well then maybe I'll change that plan. <laughs> There's a great deal of mystery 
surrounding Lorzatch right now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out who I should be protecting. <laughs> There's a very strange I'm undercity dev yeah, current elf that's just sort of wandering You're kind around of a lost upstairs. cause. I cannot get to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is uh, that is troubling. I, I would protect you if I could, but I can't, so I have to protect someone else. So I guess I'll protect her if I don't have to protect Lorsatch. At the same time, last combat, I did cast Thunder Wave. I won't say no to your help. So, first I'm going to take second wind, and let's see how... That would be 12 full points of health back. Great. Nice. Uh, and then I'm going to disengage. I usually roll a one, so that's great. <laughs> yeah. <it's bad>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to disengage to get out of this asshole's face, and I'm going to take my full move to Lorsatch. Okay. So yep. you are now face-to-face with, Up in the face. with Gato. Whatever used to be Gato. Right. I'm going to attack Great uh, Longsword. Please do. Great. With Action Surge yes. for those listening. Yes. Uh, it is a 20, not natural. A 20 will hit. Great. Please roll damage. Yep. Six. Great. Good to know. Thank you very much. Yep. Okay. It is now his turn. He okay. may make a constitution saving throw. He may make a constitution saving throw. He will. He rolls an eight. He takes three necrotic damage. He takes three necrotic damage. You very quickly probably notice necrotic damage doesn't affect them quite as much as you're hoping it would affect them. He is going to make... So how does this work? Describe how this necrotic damage... The air surrounding... Is it your spores? It's the spores. Okay. So uh, please continue, because I'm trying to decide how he's going to react to this. Yeah, the awakened spores drift slowly towards what used to be Gato and crawl into his nostrils. So he would know that this definitely came from you when he stares back at you with this feral animosity and this deep growl of this... So he's going to make a multi-attack. He's going to swing his big arm in kind of a weird figure eight to try and hit you and also hit Ned. I'm going to use protection, so disadvantage on him. Great. This is so easy to do with dice. I got this. Okay, so the first attack will be on uh, Lorzach, and he will roll a eight. Which is probably way under. And then Ned, he is going to attack you and is going to roll an 11. Fails. Okay. So there is clearly no sense of consciousness or clarity here, okay? Gato is just swinging this arm around from the shoulder with no understanding of how it even functions. He's not even trying to use, like, the grappling mechanism of any of that. He's just... Just trying to whack on whatever's in range. Lennox, you are currently paralyzed. I'm going to try to fix that by rolling this d20. Constitution saving roll, please. Believe in you. Yay! Yay! Congratulations, you are not paralyzed. Fikara. Yes! (laughs) Do your thing. Okay, you're, who's first on the list again? Was it Lorzatch or was it? Lorzatch is first. Lorzatch is top of the the order. Okay, um, because I'm bottom of the order, so I'll give you the bardic inspiration. So it's immediately useful, yeah. Right. (laughs) Bardic inspiration for you. And then I'm going to do thunder wave on the dude in front of me. So that's going to be a constitution saving throw for them. Great. So, Lorzach, you are inspired. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Uh, what is the target number for um, Thunderwave? That is going to be... Do, do, do. Eight plus your whatever your spellcasting Right, modifier. so 13. 13. Rolls a three with a thud, if you heard that on the microphone. It just kind of went, <laughs> thud. <laughs> uh, so, it gets pushed back 10 feet. By us now. 
Yeah, and then takes two d8 of thunder. Go and roll. Sorry, where where does he move? Straight backwards. Guess what he needs to do right now. <laughs> Is it a 10-foot range when he enters your space yep. or begins the turn in your space? Yep. All right. Doesn't affect me. Do no. it. That's useful. And <laughs> yes. he, he takes 10 damage. He takes 10 damage. Thank you so very much. Now he's away from me and I can charge him if I need to. And he takes six necrotic damage. Six necrotic damage. Again, not quite as potent as you normally see it. Um, (coughs) Great, so back. Top of the order. Don't die. Lorzatch, you are now up. Get him, baby. Do you have a whirlwind attack? Yes, it's called spores (laughs) in a 10-foot radius. As a druid. So you have the big guy in front of you, but then you can also feel that your spores did something behind you as the danger slowly closes in. And Lorzach will approach what used to be Mr. Gatto, a.k.a. the Mustache Man, and attack in the following manner. <laughs> that, looks like a, that looks like a big whiff. They are both quite bad. <laughs> <laughs> Were these your daggers? Uh, and a scimitar. Yes, so with uh, with a bit of an overconfident swing, uh, we misjudge the distance in the dark and swish, swish, fail to connect into the dark. It is now the two smaller feral creatures' turn. Eddie, the one next to you, is going to attack you again. It is going to roll a six to hit you, which I imagine won't do anything. Bounces off my shield. Um, the one that got pushed away by Fikara is yep. actually going to run back to her. Go into Fikara? And attack her. But it starts its turn there? It starts its turn in your thing. So Please you make a constitution saving throw. It rolls a an eight. It takes four necrotic damage. Okay. So this creature, after taking a bit of a stun from these spores kind of realizes that you did something it doesn't enjoy and comes <laughs> raging at you, flailing its claws around violently with no real strategy. It just looks dead set on trying to tear you apart with its hands. Um, and it will make an attack roll, and it rolled a 13. No. 13 does not hit. You guys are all, like, wearing armor, yeah. aren't you? Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Making a note for further encounters, audience. Armor and shield. <laughs> Great. <laughs> And that's how we had a TPK. Yes. Falling rocks, everybody. Okay. Um, Ned, Brevin is up. Okay. So Brevin's very simply going to, you know, he's been protecting with his shield. Make sure Lorzach is okay. Now he's going to rear back, take his sword, and attempt to come down on the neck of what used to be Mr. Gato. Great. I mean, not great. I hope it doesn't work. Uh, 12? Uh, 12 does not hit. Okay. Very resilient monster of a man. Um, and it is now his turn, and he will attempt to return in time. And okay, he great. will take and a constitution saving throw. he will make throw. a constitution saving throw. For those listening at home, I really like Lorzak. And 19. <laughs> he saves. <laughs> <laughs> he is quite large and has a great deal of constitution. Um, but the way I'm rolling is making this battle slightly easier than... Oh, the way you're rolling? <laughs> you're exhausted. Let's have a talk about this. <laughs> so, uh, Ned, he is going to swing at you with a 20. Yeah. Great. So, <laughs> he is still kind of flailing around, but he manages to kind of zone in on you for a brief moment and brings his big arm down in an arc over the top of your shield. Like a windmill in a mosh pit. I'm yes. picturing him as Mongo. <laughs> yes, you are going to take nine bludgeoning damage. Copy. Lennox. I am down to six. Right. For the table knowledge. <laughs> Lennox, you are now back in the fray. I'm so glad to have you. Here's what I'm going to do. I like to imagine that Lennox says this as he goes. 
<laughs> With my bonus action, yes, I will cast Shield of Faith on my companion. I will use my voice of authority, granting him an extra attack. Great. Oh, sexy. At this exact moment. At this exact oh, moment. Oh, make an attack roll. Yeah. Just a basic attack. It's not great. It's an eight. An eight will not work. Yeah. You have Sorry. wasted your opportunity. I need help from both ends here, okay? <laughs> That's what she said. And now I will attack yes, please. the creature in front of me with my mace. Yes, that is enough. That's, that's a natural 19. Yeah, you're good. Natural 19. Please roll damage. So that is a six points of damage. What type of damage? Uh, It's Actually, bludge- bludgeoning. Bludgeoning damage. It's a mace. Okay. Question also. Yes. Can I tell that if if rather or not these are undead creatures? Uh, make an inside check, please. Uh, that is 20. They are alive. Okay. We'll say they are not undead. Thank you. You are welcome. Um, Fikara, end of round two. You are up once again. Hooray. Anybody want the bardic inspiration? Anybody? I still have mine. I haven't used it. Okay, cool. So that means I can't cast it again? No. No, can. you can. You yeah, you can. Right. I will okay, happily cool. take it. Yeah. I'll do, um, I'll bardic inspiration on Ned. Right. And then just go straight for the face with the mace to the guy in front of you. Like, that is going to be a 23. Yes. Do okay. it. <laughs> A 23 is pretty good to hit I like when, most I like, things. I like when Brian gets excited about things. Yes, do it. <laughs> you have plus two to your armor class, though. That yeah, is going to be a seven. Yeah. From my uh, seven? Life. Yes. Great. Seven damage. Um, can we... Yes, we already talked about this. It is a stackable effect on you, Ned. Okay. Okay, top of the order. I Lord's figured out how to do it. You click armor. Okay. Uh, Again, using the skills of D&D Beyond, we're looking for a sponsor. Yeah. (laughs) Wizard the Coast, what up? Lorzach will swing. And he will hit with... Maybe with uh, 22. 22 will hit. And he will... What are you doing? A slash with his scimitar. A slash with his scimitar. Using bardic inspiration for damage. Oh, hello. And 13 damage. Yes. Six of that is poison. Strange thing about poison doesn't seem to affect him at all. Hello, everyone. Your dungeon master here. I realize in the heat of combat that I have missed Andrew using bardic inspiration for his damage dice, a rehash of the rules of Dungeons and Dragons. <clears throat> the bardic spell, bardic inspiration, cannot be used for damage dice. Thank you. You kind of spin wildly with the knife, don't manage to connect, but the feint allows you the opening for the scimitar to come in and make a devastating slash across his stomach. Physically, it's taking a great deal of damage, but mentally these things are gone, and no matter how much you attack them, they seem dead set to just come at you with every sense of aggression they possibly can muster. They are nothing like the weaklings you met three days ago. And as a bonus action, I'm going to cast Healing Word on Brevin. And Brevin will gain six hit points. Thanks. Awesome. The two raging humanoids are going to continue attacking Fikara and Lennox. <laughs> Fikara, you have received a natural 20, so a 24. And Eddie, you have received a 7. <laughs> I rolled to disbelieve. Well, I can show it. I'm back I can show it to you. <laughs> I am pouting. Uh, <laughs> yes. So, Fakara, I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Okay. And, and you are going to take 17 slashing damage. 
And would you please make a constitution saving throw? I got a 12. A 12. You are currently safe from paralysis, but you did take a healthy bit of slashing. A healthy chunk of crap. Yes. Okay. These are rather dangerous. Um, They look kind of mindless, but there is a wild abandon to them. Much different than the sort of poise and easy knockback from when you first saw them. Something has clearly happened in the last two days to these people. Revan, you are up. So I am going to uh, utilize my bardic inspiration on an attack. Yes. Uh, on Mr. Mustachio, the uh, gato for everyone back home. Yes. Uh, and I will be using... Large metal-armed mustachioed man. Yes! That's alliteration. I am going to use my longsword in an attempt to... I would like to stab straight through the throat. To okay. See if that has effect on these creatures that are living but not. Sure. Cold shots aren't a thing. Oh, that's true. This is my attempt. I'm attacking the head. Uh, yes. It's a 14. It's a 14. A 14 does not connect. Can I add Bardic Inspiration to an attack roll? Yes. Yes. Great. Then that's exactly what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. It's a 15. A 15 does not Damn hit. it. So you come straight at him with a piercing motion with the sword. And in all his flailing, he really just kind of seems to be able to step back slightly enough to just have the strike miss home. It is his turn though, and he will use that momentum to, yes. Take a constitution saving throw. his turn, affected by some spores. (laughs) (laughs) He got to 17. Yeah, he saves. He takes a step back to kind of use that momentum, but windmills his arm again to try and come down on top of you. And will roll a 19. No. No. I'm being healed by that. I'm at a Bugger. 20. Good. I'm at a 20 armor class. Good. Good to know. <laughs> Shit. Um, he took a step back. Yes. So, Lennox, you are up. I'm going to try and crush this creature's skull with my mace. Soulless machine. Oh. 20. Holla. That's a critical hit. That is a critical hit. Eight points of damage. Eight points of damage. Um, yeah, you smash him up pretty good. Your mace strikes true. Ha-ha! <laughs> Vicara, please go. So, uh, can I touch myself and cast Healing Wounds? Phrasing? Yep. <laughs> you may. Any creature you can touch, you may. <laughs> okay. Vicara? It's unintuitive, but you can cure wounds on yourself. All right. Uh, so, Vicara is just going to take a knee for a second because she is beat the fuck up What is the right duration now. of the spell? The duration of the spell? Yes. Uh, it's instantaneous. So I will kind of take a knee. Like, all right, that's how we're going to play this game. I'm, uh, g- give me a second. So I'll heal wounds on myself. So that's three, oh, 1d8 plus three. 1d8 plus your mind. Oh, yay. So that's 11. Are you guys having, like, perfect healing rolls today? Yeah. Yeah, I I'm going to try harder to kill you for the sake of our audience's entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners at home, I promise, this is going to get a lot more dangerous. Um, and then I'll just who you haven't had bardic inspiration yet, right? Lennox's turn. Lennox. Everybody is also already used there, so you That's can, true. Have you can hit anybody. Yes, now. you can give it back to anyone. Oh right. Yep. Last round, both Ned and Andrew used theirs. Okay. I love your face, but they're in front of the big guy <laughs> with the hand. They, they have so, the big scary guy. Um, he goes first. I'm gonna give you bardic inspiration again, Lorzach. Yeah, that's my turn. Great. Top of the order, Lorzach. Feeling that uh, hot rhythm, uh, Lorzach is inspired. And he moves forward to slash what used to be Mr. Gatto with both his dagger and his scimitar. A 21. For which? For the scimitar. For the scimitar. And an 11 for the dagger. So the scimitar, yes. 
the dagger, no. That was bardic inspiration, and it did nothing. Great. Um, <laughs> I'm a helper. <laughs> and he will take eight damage, okay. one poison damage. Eight damage and an additional poison damage. Correct. Again, a massive strike that you're kind of surprised didn't end it right there, but it might be the fact that the poison just isn't effective enough. It is now the two minor ones' turns. They are going to attack again, both Fakara and Lennox, who they are trying desperately to destroy. Uh, Lennox is a absolute fail, and Fikara will be a 14. No! Ah, so we're getting a little bit better at avoiding this sort of wild danger. Revan, you are up. I'm going to continue with my same action of just trying to fell this massive mustachioed man. It looks like it might not take very much left. Great. Uh, how does an 11? An 11 will not connect. Yeah, that's what I thought. He will do the same thing. He's sort of rope-a-doping with you, but you are the one in his face, and he is starting his turn there and will take possibly some spore damage. He rolls a 12. And he will take two necrotic damage. So you just keep bringing the punishment, right? You're just swinging these swords, slashing, slashing, trying to take down this massive feral Gato. And his wild abandon is allowing him to kind of dodge these attacks and and take them in a non-lethal manner as he's just sort of bobbing and swinging back and forth. And you reach a point where you kind of slash open and realize, holy crap, I've just left myself open. And you can see Gato windmill back to bring this metal arm on top of you. And as you can visualize yourself about to get domed in the head, suddenly he takes this big intake of breath and the spores creep inside of him. And before he gets a chance to swing that metal arm, he chokes with this as he just collapses down to the ground in front of you. Lennox, you still have two of these things on you. By now, you have also heard the screams and the horror as people are being dragged out from their windows by these things and sort of disappearing into the night. Our Boros team. Your Boros team is being completely overwhelmed in a horrifying way. We should get to them very fast. You are unfortunately too engaged with what you have now to be able to reach them. I try to dispatch this monstrosity in front of me. Do it. 19. A 19 definitely hits. Still a mace swing? Yes. Eight points of damage. Uh, exactly what you needed. So, how does this happen? I turn its head into powder with my maze. Yes, so, with a mighty swing of your maze. Into mush. Into mush. You dome this thing in the face. Yes. Turning whatever used to be human into putty. Fikara, one left. Boom, boom, motherfucker. And just boom. <laughs> both sides with both Great. mazes. To just <laughs> smoosh. <laughs> boom, boom, motherfucker. The title of this episode. <laughs> uh, like a 20-something. Yes. And then a 11 no. damage. Okay. Oh. To hit. All right. So just one of them? Yes. So it's just boom, motherfucker. Yeah. Just, just a singular boom. Ooh. That is going to be a seven damage. How does it happen? I kind of don't really hit with one of them more than kind of control the splatter that happens when the left one comes up and the right one's just kind of like, nope, not there. Now we, okay, good. Bam. And it just like explodes this guy's head in a manner that would make Tarantino quite impressed. Good. You're now covered in blood. 
as the as the screams continue to echo off into the night, as whatever was in this rail car has now fled, taking victims this way and that, you managed to finally collect yourselves in a manner to turn around and realize that your escort of Boros soldiers are either dead or missing. The young man in white armor is missing his throat. Oh! Lying on the ground, his once pristine white armor of the medic is now covered in splatter red. Medic! <laughs> he told you that's what you would be screaming. Yeah. Um, is, 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 he's, 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 he's mega dead, huh? He's very, very dead. <laughs> however... That stabilization scroll couldn't uh, save him? However, <laughs> however, Elasia is completely untouched and still wrapped in her protective casing. Okay. Um, as a sign of respect to the medic, I'm going to just kind of, you know, close his eyes, fold his hands over his chest to kind of give at least a little bit of... Uh, you know, comfort to the dead before I double check to see if there's anything behind his shield that we can take. <laughs> Roll an investigation, please. Oh, anybody else want to look? Cause... Sure, I'll search his body. I, yeah, I will suggest it to everyone else because I'm bad at looking and I can't, I just can't. 17. 17. 8. 8. Investigation? Yeah. Uh, 14. Okay. Eddie, you probably know enough about some of these things to kind of pick maybe what's useful and what's not. Most of the vials are shattered and almost all of the scrolls are just sort of torn. But you do manage to find a small vial of a stark white potion. Could you please give me an arcana check? Or anyone give me an arcana I got check. Someone you, else should if probably you, do the arcana. I got good you choose arcana. to reveal that you have found it. Oh yes, I reveal. Yeah. 17. A 17. Um, it is some sort of defensive boosting potion. You will receive plus two to your AC for an hour after consuming. Uh, Lorzach is going to examine the bodies of the afflicted beings they just dispatched. Um, So you notice that these people, who are still people, have somehow, their teeth have sort of grown wilder and their hands have developed claws and they have some sort of extra musculature that seems to have just sort of spread from anywhere. But there's a severe lack of consciousness in their eyes. It was some sort of strange, pure feral transformation. Not one that you would expect to be done willingly, considering the nature of what it does to you. Their skin has turned a little bit more gray. Their veins are just a little bit more prominent. Almost rabid, but clearly not rabies. I, you know, just because I check all of the other people to make sure they're dead. All of our, the people. They are all dead or they are gone. Uh, Lorzach will examine the train. Yeah. uh, Especially whatever is scrawled on the side of the train. We got M and U before the door burst open. Yes. Is there any other writing we can perceive? There is. As you circle the engine and its cars, um, you realize that the other side of the train, which you never really managed to get to in combat, looks very much like... The left side that you approach, there is some sort of massive scorching from the back end of the car that mirrors what you saw on the other side. But given the writing of left to right, you do make out the end of some of the calligraphy at the far right of the first car on the other side. And you manage to make out in gorgeous yellow calligraphy what looks to be the end of a word, the letters E and R. So we have M-U something E-R. 
inside the cars is absolutely destroyed. But what you see is something that was luxurious. There are carpets on the floor. There are also display cases everywhere. All of the display cases are shattered. Everything that was once hanging up on the walls has been torn out of their frames. Smashed glasses everywhere. Bookcases, which could have hold any sort of things, are tumbled over. It looks completely ransacked of anything that possibly could have been in here. Are there any guild insignias on display? Is there anything to suggest that this was a military transport? There is no insignia whatsoever. It looks like some sort of showcase. Would I have known what this last transport was called or anything about it? The the Boros lines were strictly military vehicles. So this oh. would feel they would be They would be designed purely for transporting soldiers and military equipment. So this like is, a military caravan. This would feel like a train that's not military on a military line. Correct. And okay. given pointed away from where you are going. Given who spilled out of the train, is there a chance that this is the personal transport of one Mr. Alfonso? I was thinking something very similar. Anything else you guys would like to investigate about the engine? Uh, what happened to the, the what main the scorch, engine? What caused the scorching in the. Um, does anybody have any sort of scientific background? No. Sort of. You can try. As far as the scorching, there is no structural damage to the train car, okay? So whatever has marred the surface suggests that something happened around the train, not necessarily to the train or inside the train itself. However, as you circle around back, you notice that the small bits at the base of the cable cars that would connect it to the car behind them has been, it looks sort of like it was shaved off. Right? Like it was installed there to begin with, but somebody kind of very cleanly came by and just clipped it off. So perhaps this isn't the back end of the train, but for whatever reason, the back end of the train was removed. But the day is long, and the night has set in, and after an exhausting fight, you've lost several of your Boros escorts, the young medic lies dead at your feet, and you still have not made your way to the Simics on it. In fact, you are left with nothing more than the comatose body of Alasia, and you find perhaps the best thing to do to battle your ensuing exhaustion is to bunker inside of this destroyed train for the night. And as the darkness creeps in, and the silence take holds as the sound of screaming civilians dissipates out into the foggy night, you wonder what exactly is coming up ahead with the Simic Combine. But, for now, you have a train. On the next Encounter Party, the mystery of Malthus Reed looms overhead as our players make peace with the Simic Combine. Can they discover what Elasia has learned, what perils await them in the Simic Compound, and whatever happened to their companion Xenia? Find out on the next Encounter Party! Encounter Party is produced by Play Plus One and Charging Moose Media, based on the worlds of Dungeons and & Dragons and Magic the Gathering, created by Wizards of the Coast. Original campaign written by Brian David Judkins. Sound capture and original effects by Will Malones. Edits and mixing by Ned Donovan. Theme song and additional music by Alexander Nakarada of Serpent Sound Studios. Additional music by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech. Special thanks to Megan Judkins and Will Malones.
Hey there, party people. I'm Sarah Babe, you know, the one that rolls all the ones. Come on over to Facebook and check out our Encounter Party group. It's super fun. You get to talk to all of us and you wouldn't believe the conspiracy theories. It's great. Check out our Instagram, our Twitter. And if you're looking for news and updates, check out EncounterParty.com. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. Keep the party going, folks. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.